Welcome to In the Public Interest, a podcast from Wilmer Hale. I'm John Walsh. And I'm Brendan McGuire. John and I are partners at Wilmer Hale, an international law firm that works at the intersection of government, technology, and business. Now that we've released the first 10 episodes of In the Public Interest, Brendan and I wanted to wrap up season one by taking some time to reflect on the process of recording a podcast, discuss some episode highlights and takeaways, and share some of the challenges we faced along the way. We hope you'll enjoy this episode. You've put the world on notice. We're at last at the point where we're ready to really roll up our sleeves as a country and get to work on the issue. We just had this great conversation about how hard it is to understand where your data is going. The whole thing, quite honestly, was one of the more surreal experiences that I've had as a lawyer. It was really important, I think, collectively for all of us to stand up for what we thought was right. You've been overlooked. We should be leaders in this and we are lagging behind in terms of representation. The only thing he said to the jury about why his client should be executed was justice is mine. So I got in my car and I drove down to Georgia. The implications of what deepfakes could do in this already very rapidly evolving information ecosystem is a new paradigm. The parole board said, we don't care. You spent another 19 years in prison for having the courage to not admit to a crime that you didn't commit. They couldn't even utter the things that I had done because they were so dangerous to Iran's national security. We're sick and tired of our needs as a community not being a resource priority. The George Floyd situation and the way that now we talk about it, it's giving people that room to be themselves. Well, John, we've reached the end of season one of In the Public Interest, which as of this time a year ago, didn't have a name and didn't have any content or any guests, but it has been quite an eventful 12 months or so. We've now got a full season under our belts. I'm not sure we have any more of a clue today, or certainly I don't, than when we started as to how to do a podcast, but we have been blessed with a very strong team and it's been a very fun ride this season. As you look back, on the last 12 months or so and the way this thing started and what we wanted to accomplish. What's been the most satisfying part of it for you so far? Well, I'll just echo that the team that has supported this thing has made it possible and that in so many ways, one of the things that surprised me the most is how much work it is to do a podcast and to really put it all together in a way that sounds good, even with great guests and great content. The most satisfying thing for me, I think, is We've been in an incredibly challenging time during the pandemic, other things that are going on in the world. And I'm reminded of that famous statement by Mr. Rogers that when bad things are happening, look for the people who are helping. There are always people helping. And over the course of this year, I've been struck through our various episodes, individual cases, important public policy issues that are underway now. We found a lot of people who are helping and that in this challenging moment, so many of these episodes really focus on inspiring stories of lawyers and companies and individuals who are doing things to help in the midst of challenging times. And that's been incredibly satisfying to me. I couldn't agree more. I feel like there is so much more yet to be explored. When you look back on these episodes and you focus on the experiences of the Wilmer Hale lawyers, but also of the clients that they were serving, it's pretty extraordinary. 
What I found to be particularly surprising was the various individual stories, and in particular, how impressive the sort of will and the courage of so many of the clients, particularly those individual clients that we spoke to. But even when you think about some of the entity clients and their decision to put themselves out on the line on very difficult issues, whether it was going up against the U.S. government or going up against others, and the willingness to take that on and the willingness to trust a team at Wilmer to navigate them through that. And as much as you may feel like you understand the work of the firm while you're here, it pales in comparison to when you actually dig in with the folks who are doing it every day and then hearing from the clients who are really feeling its impact. The thing that jumps out at me is, as you say, the courage of the people who are diving into these things, both the lawyers and the clients who are taking on such difficult issues. You know, in our first episode is a good example of that. Mayor Lightfoot of Chicago, who is wrestling with the combination of issues of an incredible wave of public demand for police reform. But at the same time, the city of Chicago has got issues with crime that she has worked on for decades and has really devoted her life to trying to address. Yeah. To me, it's always a natural link between her and then the story of Jason Rezaian, accomplished journalist, author, now activist, who has taken on the cause of Iranian-U.S. relations in many different ways based on his experience having been imprisoned in Iran for just doing his job as a journalist. And I thought it particularly striking when he was interviewed by our partner Dave Bowker, when he said his principal tormentor said near the date of his release that there had been 20 lawyers working to help save him. And by that point, he had no idea whether that was even remotely true. And then, in fact, when he got out and checked with the folks at Wilmer Hale, they actually clarified for him that it was more like 23, and he was blown away by that number. It just speaks to, I think, the complexity of some of these issues. And as we said before, the ability of some of these individuals that the firm's been able to represent to sort of push the boulder up the hill and depend on Wilmer Hale to help them to do it. Yeah, it's interesting. The same thing was the case when we talked about the Pepe the Frog case. Matt Fury's cartoon character, who had been basically hijacked by white supremacists and others for purposes that Fury, the creator, was totally against. And talking to our partner, Louis Tompros and Stephanie Lynn, our colleague, about bringing those trademark infringement cases, it's a technical set of issues, but it goes to a set of questions that today in the 21st century we're wrestling with, which is internet memes and how those play out in the dialogue that an open and free society has got. Inspiring to see Matt Fury's willingness to take on some very high profile people who were misusing his creation, but then also Lewis and Stephanie's courage and taking on that case and pursuing it to such a great successful conclusion, ensuring that Pepe the Frog is not going to forever be a symbol of white supremacy in the United States. I do think that what these episodes show, which is you know sort of just a very small visible piece of the iceberg in terms of issues and in terms of obviously the work of the firm, but it shows how hard some of this can be. It shows that this is not necessarily a linear process, that there can be setbacks. I mean, you think of someone like Dewey Bazella, who's wrongfully imprisoned for most of his life, and the sort of quiet courage and quiet determination 
reflected in his interview and the way in which that inspired the team of Wilmerhale lawyers. You see that all around you and you, you, you sometimes as lawyers think, you know, we're wearing the white hat and we're really the ones leading the charge. And you can't help but recognize that it's in fact, oftentimes, perhaps more often than not, the other way around. And it's our clients that are leading us into fights, into dangerous territory. Well, I don't think there's any better example of clients leading the charge and showing that courage than the example of the Harvard-MIT case where the president of Harvard called early in the morning to ask that a lawsuit be filed immediately to prevent foreign students essentially being prevented from continuing their education in the United States. The inspiring thing about that story is that that courage of the Harvard president and the MIT president as well was matched by an extraordinary level of courage and commitment by a team of lawyers who in 24 hours literally put together a lawsuit and a request for an injunction to prevent the administration at that time from taking steps to exclude foreign students directly and indirectly from being able to continue their education during the pandemic. Truly an inspiring story. Yeah, absolutely. And also, John, in addition to obviously this specific cases that we highlighted, we were also able to highlight various compelling issues of the day, whether those were deep fakes, whether that was a landscape of privacy laws. Yeah, what you've just described, Brendan, is exactly that. Difficult issues where, in fact, there's being progress made, that people are working courageously to help the situation. A good example of that is the episode that we had on death penalty issues in the United States. What triggered that was a spate of executions under the last few months of the Trump administration. But the story that came out from our partner, Seth Waxman, and Professor Carol Steiker of Harvard Law School was that, in fact, things are moving in a very different direction overall, that both at the federal level in the United States, but also at the state level, the death penalty is getting a particularly tough scrutiny, and that the possibility of reform and possibly even abolition of the death penalty in many places around the United States is very real. Again, another example of a difficult, very challenging issue where we were able to give people who are helping and trying to address the issue a platform to discuss what the real efforts are that are underway today. Yeah, I think that's right. I also thought our last episode in particular, we didn't want to end the season without at least one episode on diversity, equity, and inclusion issues because we wanted to show the firm's focus on this issue and our desire to partner with our clients on this issue. I think that episode reflected how if people come together and are purposeful and thoughtful about some of these issues, you can move the needle. Could not agree more. Malini Murthy and Ajit Narang were able to give us such a compelling story of how Medtronic is trying to address diversity, equity, and inclusion, not just in the tragic years since the murder of George Floyd, but for the long run to make sure that Medtronic's legal function is constantly informed by DEI considerations, but also how the company operates. Those are things that were inspiring, and their personal stories, as well as their story of Medtronic, really resonated with me, and it was a wonderful way to end the season. To me, that is, in many ways, sort of a touchstone of a number of these themes that we've been talking about in terms of complexity, 
courage, following clients, partnering with clients, recognizing that there's no quick solutions to a number of these issues, including obviously issues of DEI. So John, we've done a lot of patting ourselves on the back here over the last few minutes, and that that's very important. And I frankly enjoy doing that, and I do it a lot, uh, even off microphone. If we don't pat but ourselves on the back, who's going to do it? That's, that's exactly right. But let's be honest here. Our performances, I'm sure, would not necessarily would have won us an Emmy or a Tony or whatever the podcast equivalent is. John, any challenges that have stood out to you? Recording this podcast during a pandemic has been its own adventure. It's not like we've been sitting in radio station studios doing these recordings. We've been at home for the most part. And on the advice of more experienced people, I have my desk and the microphone surrounded by pillows and styrofoam from Amazon packing boxes and things like that, <laughs> which has worked pretty well, actually. But it's uh, it's caused some weird looks when my wife has walked into the room to see me surrounded by what looks like a, an eight-year-old's pillow fort. <laughs> right, right, right. How about right. you, Brendan? The biggest challenge for me is that no one really believes at, in my house that I'm actually doing anything that resembles a real podcast. <laughs> my wife and two kids, I think they think that I bought myself a microphone to sort of tell jokes to myself because I've kind of lost my mind. <laughs> and when I explain to them that I'm actually just setting up the interviews and that it's far more interesting people who are doing the talking, they sort of look at me like you look at your young child when you know they're talking about an imaginary friend. <laughs> and so this is all sort of a figment of my imagination if you were to ask my family. And it's basically like me talking to stuffed animals in my room whenever I get lonely. When I told my kids that we're recording a podcast, the eye rolls were extremely Dream. Let's just start with that. And then I think it struck them that they could be embarrassed by this podcast. And they tried to get me to stop. <laughs> but fortunately, I don't think that their friends are listening to law firm podcasts for the most part. Although I hope they do, because some of these stories, I think we get their attention as well. Right. We've had any number of hiccups technically over the course of this year, ranging from dogs barking like everyone has experienced during the pandemic to one of our guests, our partner, Seth Waxman, actually describing the cherry picker coming down the street and cutting off his internet connection as we were trying to record. These are the things I think everyone has dealt with over the last year. And doing a podcast from home, kind of improvised in a lot of ways, has been its own reward, but its own challenge at the same time. I completely agree. It's been a challenge and a reward. Let me just say it's been a pleasure working with you on this, Brendan. I think it's been just an unexpected project that has brought so many dividends over the course of the year. And I feel like I come away with both a greater sense of the challenges we all face in 2021, but a sense of optimism that we've got so many people, both at Wilmer Hill and around the world, who are trying to address issues that need to be addressed. The title of this podcast, In the Public Interest, that you suggested, I think is exactly the right theme in a time where I do think many Americans, many people around the globe are a little worried about the direction the world is headed. There's an opportunity to help change that narrative, that story, and I hope we can be a part of that. Couldn't agree more, John. I've really, really enjoyed it. Very much look forward to season two. It's been a tremendous learning experience on a number of fronts and look forward to bigger and better things as we kick off season two soon. And that's a wrap of season one of In the Public Interest. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back later this year with season two. 
But in the meantime, we hope you'll listen to any season one episodes you may have missed. And as always, we'd appreciate it if you'd share this podcast with a friend and subscribe, rate, and review us wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time.